0: Haven't you heard? A queen is on the rise Wear a mini hat so she can open up your eyes Join the convo, the podcast is lit Cop a into to spice up your fit, yeah She's a producer, you can vibe to night. she do the most, but she ain't come to do the least Whether it's the convo or the music you want Find it all here at tttalks.com Come and stimulate your mind with Talk. Promise you'll never fall behind the you're seeking, you can find with .com, so come on and TT talks
1: yeah peace family it's your girl TT from TT talks I'm so glad to be back behind the mic again to bring you some more bomb content as per usual I've been in these streets traveling and working on this content next up I will be in Charleston South Carolina to hang with them boys from the Geechee experience my play cousin them So stay tuned for that bomb content coming from that. I have some new TT Talk sweatshirts and gear that will be available for pre-order in the next few weeks. You've been seeing me wear them all over the interwebs. They are super fly, so stay tuned and grab you one or two. Also, make sure you subscribe to TT Talk's YouTube channel and hit the notifications bell. Please like, follow, subscribe, share if you are enjoying the content. You can meet me on the interwebs by going to TT Talks group and fan page on Facebook at TT Talks on IG, at Miss, that's M S TT talks on Twitter, at Talks at gmail.com email. You can also shoot me a text on 850-509-1194. If you want to do business, talk about how I can host your event or be a guest on your show or do some beats and instrumentals for your content. I'm very accessible, so hit me, all right? And last but not least, you can also join TT Talks on Patreon. Please consider being a patron. In order for me to ramp up this content, I will need your help, and I promise it will be worth every penny put into me, all right? I promise. I got some really dope feedback from last episode with my brother Jonathan Kelly. We had a chance to chop it up about finding your passion Creating multiple streams of income and generating wealth. Here's a quick clip from that convo. That's the power the internet and phones and apps can give us. And people not tapping into that man. Like the more I think about it, it's just like it's not hard. No. If if somebody wanted to go make money, get creative, learn how to think, grind, solve a problem. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know. And that's really what we did was we solved the problem of we knew people who had properties they did not want to manage it. We'll manage it. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Don't don't worry. Sit back and collect the check. I needed people with properties. We got the pro- you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's just like people out there have something that you need, and you have something they need. Yeah. Yes. And this is why you need to listen. <laughs> this is why you need to listen. You know people people always talking. They're talking 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 about what they gonna do, what they finna do. Sometimes you just need to take a year or two and just shut up mm-hmm. and just absorb yeah. information. Just like you said, you were at, you know, real estate classes, real estate mm-hmm. development. You know, you know, get together's and whatever. You just need to make sure that you are in the spaces where people are trying to make some things happen mm-hmm. and people are actively making things happen. If you missed out on this one, make sure you catch up, mustard. All right, we are on episode 28, family. And y'all know that ATL is my second home, and I could not pull up in that city any more times without hollering at my sister, Samara Rivers. She is the founder of Black Bourbon Society and co-host of Bonded and Bourbon podcast. She and I got together and chopped it up about whiskey. We also did a few tastings of some fabulous whiskeys and bourbons along the way. We got a chance to sip Maker's Mark Private Barrel Select Limited Edition BBS Oak Stave Selection, Uncle Nearest 1820 Single Barrel, and Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. And you'll just have to keep on listening to hear our thoughts about it all. Enjoy. Peace family, it's your girl TT from TT Talks. I'm in the A and I'm so excited. I got to link up with Sister Samar Rivers. She is the founder of the Black Bourbon Society. And if you know me, you know I love me some whiskey, <laughs> bourbon in particular. And um, and I'm and I'm glad because we're going to talk whiskey. A lot of my, my my listeners they're always asking me questions about whiskey, like I'm an expert. I'm not, uh, but I'm a, I'm an enthusiast and I love it. I love the vision of everything that you're doing with the Black Bourbon Society. So welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Of
1: course. Yes. Of and course. welcome.
0: Welcome home. Yes. yeah.
1: She was <laughs> gracious enough to open up her space. Uh, to record uh, TT Talks episode here. And we're going to talk whiskey. It's going to be Whiskey 101. We're going to do a little tasting. We're going to talk about her vision. We're going to talk about spirits of all kinds. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. So make sure y'all just roll with us, sit back, get you a cup of something that you really enjoy yourself um, and 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 really enjoy this show because we're going to have, a good, time. Gonna For have sure. a good time. For sure. So tell the people who you are.
0: I'm Samara, and I started Black Bourbon Society about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some work in California with a brand, kind of doing some, um, some subcontracting work on the event planning side, mm-hmm. helping them to produce some events that um, were spirits related. And these events were dope, you mm-hmm. know, and I wanted to invite my friends. And so I asked the, one of the women I was working with, I said, you know, who's invited to these events and she didn't have time she had just moved to the bay area um, and just kind of handed me like her proprietary information from her company Mm -hmm. that was like their marketing directives who these amazing experiences were were geared towards and i didn't see myself in the document and um the only reference they had towards african americans was more of like a hip-hop urban demographic Mm -hmm. Not anyone who was, I was 35 at the time, married with two small children, but I still like to get dressed up, enjoy fine things, and, you know, enjoy these wonderful experiences that I was creating. Um, And so I challenged the industry. And I said, you know what? You're missing out on a big market. Like, you're going for, like, yes, the urban demographic is very valuable. That's the gateway to the spirits industry, but you're missing out on all these educated, um african-american professionals who have discretionary income and who like fine things hello and my exact pitch to them was why do you think we wear gucci and louis vuitton and drink cheap liquor it's not happening and they couldn't have they didn't have a response Mm -hmm. and they were just like oh we never thought about it that way of course they did so i started black urban society and three and a half years later we've got 12,000 members from across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our private select with uh, Makers Mark. We've done activations all over the country, you know, working with all of the brands. Mm. So it's just, you know, it really showed that there was a a need to welcome this new demographic. We've created a new demographic in this space. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I'm a proud, listen, I'm gonna show y'all. I'm a proud Card carrying member of the Black <laughs> Bourbon Society. I got my card. Y'all are not going to catch me slipping in these streets. There's a whole game that goes along with it. Oh fish. yeah, when you get gonna your black you,
0: card snatched.
1: Yes, yes, I'm not going to be snatched. Y'all <laughs> not going to catch me slipping out here. But um, I, I like it because A, I like nice things. Yes. B, I love whiskey and I love spirits in general. There's very few spirits that I don't like. Whiskey just happens to be my favorite. Right. Um. And I also like, um, I like quality. I like quality and I like communalism and I like people coming together. And some of my best memories have been sipping whiskey with friends, at parties, at events, at weddings, at funerals. At, right. You know, all kinds of very deep um, and powerful spaces in my life. And so I was like, Bourbon Society, that seems, that seems cool. You know what I'm saying? And I'm on Facebook all the time and I joined the group. I love the information. I still consider myself to be a whiskey newbie. Uh-huh. Um, but it's wonderful to be there with people who are more experienced than me in whiskey, less experienced than me in whiskey, and just having conversations. People are asking about, you know, what are some good recommendations? You're finding out cool things to drink. You know, I just, I hadn't had you know, so many, you know, you don't even know how many whiskeys and bourbons exist until you get into a space where you're starting to get all of this information. So I just appreciate it because I have added more fine spirits to my cabinet since joining DVS yes. than I have at any time before. Um, so that's why I wanted to have Sister Samara come on so that she could talk about everything that's going on. And we're going to get into a little bit about what whiskey is because I want everybody to feel included into this conversation. And sometimes when you start talking about kind of mash bills and all kinds of things like that, it flies over a lot of people's heads who aren't necessarily privy to a lot of that information. So I kind of just want to get everybody up to speed so that, you know, it's all about being inclusive. Right. You know, BBS has always been about being inclusive from the beginning. And, you know, one of the main things in the group is to keep it respectful, know that people are coming in from different spaces. We're not talking negative about anybody. And if you are, it gets shut down. You know, there's none of that going on. So talk a little bit before we even get into that, just about yourself, who you are, your background and- Oh, so I'm a mom.
0: I have a six year old little boy. I have a nine year old little girl. I am from Los Angeles. Um, divorce, getting married again, like just, I, I'm just a fighter. Yeah. Like if I'm, yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm someone who has, um, I started off with an art history background. I went to FAMU, hey. of course, Rattlers. <laughs> um, so I was a FAM, um, right after, you know, um, and then I got my master's degree over at Florida State in mm-hmm. art history mm-hmm. and I moved to San Francisco, um, at, um after graduation, and kind of worked a regular, like tried to live a regular life, Mm -hmm. you know? So I worked at museums and I curated exhibitions. I um, then switched over from curating art shows to um, going more into the foundation side and doing a lot of the development and fundraising for nonprofit arts Mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I, you know, again, got married, had children, and somewhere in that switch, moved over into fundraising for nonprofit health organizations, and um, I worked for the American Diabetes Association. I worked for the MS Society, Multiple Sclerosis Society, mm-hmm. and then in my last position in a corporate space environment, um, was I was a regional director for uh, team and training with Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Okay, wow. And so that kind of leads you right up to BBS. When I was laid off, I thought I had my dream job Mm. and um, I was like, I thought I had made it. I had the office with the view and San Francisco and I could see the water. And I was like, oh, I've made it like I'm the director, like I'm the boss. And then six months later, I got laid off from Mm. that position. They completely dismantled that program and restructured how that program was ran. And um, it kind of sent me spiraling. Like I was devastated right mm-hmm. um and then i just decided i said you know what like i i don't want to work this hard mm. for anybody else ever again mm. in my life yeah and i was really i was commuting i would have to take my kids to two different schools then drive to the train station park my car get on the train Go, go over to San Francisco, then walk half a mile to get to my office just so I can start working mm. and then do that all and beat the clock by six o'clock to pick my kids up from school, Ooh. then get them ready, then get back on my computer, work another couple of hours. that make midnight. you want to drink whiskey. It was insanity, wow. but I was willing to put in that much effort for my dream job. Mm. And when I got laid off and was like, oh, you know what? Like At first I was crushed. Your ego's always crushed. And yeah. I was like... But, you know, I don't have to do all this running around anymore. And if I am going to do all this running around, if I am going to put 70 hours a week, I know I can be successful if I put in 70 hours a week on myself. Right. Right. And so I never got another job after that. Hello. And so I started, um, I used my skills. Okay. I was great at fundraising. I knew nonprofit art space and I had always had a side hustle of planning events. Um, since college, mm-hmm. essentially, I used to do weddings, I used to plan birthday parties, whatever. And so, I started my um, this was now my second company because I had a company before my daughter was born. But I started Samara Rivers fundraising and events, and I just became a consultant mm-hmm. and worked in the nonprofit art space again, mm-hmm. but this time as a consultant doing galas, right. More of the fundraising aspect of it. I did some um, private events for Senator Barbara Lee or Congresswoman Barbara Lee, um, just just kept myself busy Mm -hmm. and was able to somewhat sustain my lifestyle when I ran into someone in the spirit space who said, I'm new to this area and I need someone who knows how to plan events and help me find locations and venues to put on these events for my company. Can you help me?
1: Hmm.
0: And so that's how the whole spiral got started. But that's me in a nutshell. I'm a hard worker. <laughs> yeah, I'm always going to find a way. Absolutely. And I'm just determined to be my best. Mm. To do my best Word. and to be my best. Word. You Word. Know?
1: And it's amazing how when when spirit like pushes you out of the best, when you're not mm-hmm. quite ready, how you really, you'll figure out how to fly real quick. Yeah. You will figure it out. Right. Um, and, and so it's it's amazing how, everything from the time from college time, it's like all of your positions, your job, your side hustles has kind of prepared you right. for this yeah. endeavor now, Yeah, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's how our membership program is ran, mm-hmm. just like it would for any nonprofit organization. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we plan events, we you know, have all these different arms that are associated with like urban society, like our travel, our yearly conference that we do. Um, it, it's very much set up like a nonprofit organization, but it's 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 a whiskey club mm. slash you know we do a lot of consulting as
1: well. So dope, dope. yeah. And and so now we have yes, there's events that are happening. What's the next event? Is, is there is there anything on the books right now?
0: Um, we've got some stuff. I have not released the public calendar so okay. everybody's getting it first okay here on TT Talk okay but um, we did you know we've got our barrel pick with Makers Mark yes um, it hit uh, four cities last year mm-hmm. it hit um, Chicago New York um, Houston and it's trickling into Dallas all last year but it's finally being released here in Atlanta so our first event is next Saturday for the bottle pickup party yep um, Super Bowl weekend, right? Super Bowl weekend, okay. Saturday before. We'll do private tastings on that. Well, we'll do public tastings on that. Anyone's welcome to come up to Tower up in Doraville and um, get a tasting and purchase a bottle. We'll sign the bottles on the spot. Um, what else do we have? We've got some smaller of local events going on. We've got an event coming up with Old Forester here um, that we haven't released details on, but that'll be February 13th. Mm-hmm. The larger events that are coming down the pipeline are, we've got our exclusive excursion to Louisville that mm-hmm. happens the weekend before Derby. Okay. And that we take 30 people, 30 members from across the country. And um, we create these amazing behind the scenes tours with all of the distilleries. That so sounds amazing we'll be at Lux row distillers the master distiller is already scheduled to meet us mm. and do a private tasting and go through the facility um, we've got dinner plans at barstown bourbon company which it. has amazing food and also they're another distillery that's doing some amazing collaboration products on um, projects with Copper and King's Brandy. So Mm they've got this brandy bourbon blend. Mm. Um, Then that Saturday morning, we'll wake up and drive out to Four Roses Distillery and we'll spend the entire day with them. Um, And their master distiller, uh, Brent Elliott, is coming out. We'll have lunch under the gazebo at the distillery and have a full tasting. Some rare whiskeys will be in Mm -hmm. there as well. And then we're going to get dressed up and go to opening night at uh, Churchill Downs. So we'll get a little bit of the Derby feel in Listen. that. And um, I always end that weekend. Uh, we call it Brown Derby weekend because, it again, it leads up to Derby week. But we always close out that event with a brunch on Sunday that honors the black jockeys.
1: Awesome. And so we awesome. have our
0: black jockey um, brunch. Because that's a
1: little known history in South. Oh, my God.
0: That's a huge piece of black mm-hmm. history that never gets past the greats. Martin Luther King, Frederick Douglass, Rosa Parks, yeah. yeah. Harriet Tubman. But um, the black history that is found in Kentucky Derby history mm. is pretty awesome.
1: I love it. Yeah. And
0: just so folks don't, you know, no, I, I can run off on a tangent. So
1: just really. I want, want, you, to be, bad. I want you to be great.
0: <laughs> but um, just so folks uh, know, uh, when the Kentucky Derby first opened up, when Churchill Downs opened up in the early, in the late 1800s, mm-hmm. um, African-Americans were allowed to race with the other um, white jockeys. And the first, out of the first 25 races, 13 of them were run by won by black jockeys. They were won by African-Americans. Um, Isaac, um, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. Isaac Murray, Mur- Murray um, I think he won the Derby maybe two or three times. He started winning when he was only 15. Wow. But these were essentially freed slaves mm. who um, handled the horses and who were mm. working on these plantations. And they got out there and they were able to race and win trophies for their owners. Mm. Um, and the only reason why African-Americans were pushed out of the sport was because of Jim Crow. Mm. And they deemed that um, African-American jockeys were no longer equal and should not compete along with the white jockeys. Mm. And that honestly, that pushed us out of the sport for decades, for years. Mm. For, yeah, and I mean, we've only had, Maybe one African American jockey race in the Kentucky
1: Derby ever since. But yeah. This is important history. But that's. I didn't even know. But that's honor.
0: Yeah. That's why we honor the Black jockeys because they were there from the very first race. Wow.
1: Wow. See, this is why you need to be a part of BBS so you can get exposed to this type of history. There's so much that uh, we just don't know. Um, and, And these tours are amazing. I need to get it together and get on board. And get on one of these tours <laughs> and stop playing, well, but they I, sell out so quick. I know, yeah. And I'm always having travel conflicts, but I'm going to have to make that happen. Um, but that's just one of the perks of being a BBS member, right? And uh, talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other perks of BBS membership.
0: Um, so you know, we've got you know our travel excursion. So we have that one in the spring. We do another one in the summer. That's a little bit more bigger, and you know, we we kind of run around downtown Louisville, really focusing on that. But then we also have discounts to our national meetup, which mm-hmm. we call Bourbon Boulé. Mm-hmm. That's in New Orleans um, for Liberty Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So um, you get exclusive invitations to events with that. Um, you get firsthand notice about events happening in your city. We have ambassadors across the country mm-hmm. who plan um, exclusive events specifically for our, our members. And um, you get discounts on the store, like on your shirts. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just a way for us to support the mission. And the mm-hmm. mission of Black Bourbon Society really is to um, to advocate for diversity and inclusion within the spirits industry. Um, and that was, you know, again, going back to what I saw in this industry is that we, did, we weren't included. Mm-hmm. And um, now we've shown and we've proven to this industry that African Americans are valuable. That we have a taste for, um, have a desire to learn more about their products, and we are actually consumers. Like we are mm-hmm. valuable consumers to this industry, Yeah. and we deserve education consumers. Yes,
1: like yes. we know our stuff. And, well, and yeah, conscious.
0: Are, I always say conscious. Absolutely, consumers.
1: conscious okay. consumers for sure. Yeah, and um, and 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 speaking of which, as far as like getting information. You also create content around whiskey, and yeah. you have your. She has her own podcast with. Well, she's she co-hosted with with, Aman, my partner, yeah. with, her, with her partner Armand, and um and and I enjoy it because I listen to it because I like I said I'm still learning too, so I'm listening. Sometimes if I have access to whatever they're drinking, I'll sip it with the show and see if my tastings match up with you know. Oh, that's what's cool. Going, yeah, I do that. I'm such a nerd. And uh, <laughs> but um. I also do that uh, uh, with whiskey.com with the scotches. I do that with the guy on there too. Uh, but anyway, so talk a little bit about your podcast.
0: Um, so our podcast is Bonded in Bourbon mm-hmm. and it is, it's a whiskey review show from a his and her perspective. Mm-hmm. So it is my partner Armand Davis and I, we sit down, we review a bottle and we take it through five different care- categories, like appearance, um, nose, nosing it, palette, mouthfeel and the finish and we basically have created a scoring system and we get on the air and we compare notes. We mm-hmm. do our reviews separately or individually mm-hmm. so we don't
1: mm-hmm.
0: influence each other. Mm-hmm. And literally, when we record, we sit down and he says what he thinks and I say, yeah, no, I didn't taste that, or, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah, that and happens. We, yeah, and we just go back and forth, but our mom's palate is more of a scotch palate. Mm-hmm. He came to the industry He's been drinking since he was before he was legal yeah but um but he came to this um he came to knowing me as a scotch guy
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: prefers japanese whiskey, he gotcha. prefers the Macallans, mm-hmm. of all the knees yes um he loves scotch and and other international whiskeys so his palate is more like the 80 the 90 proof very smooth yeah. yes subtle peaty notes like very floral herbal he yes. likes that I'm a bourbon girl through and through. Yeah. I like things that are over a hundred proof. Yeah. Kind of punch you in your throat. Yeah. Like give you this whole experience. Mm-hmm. So we do come from two different palettes. Mm-hmm. And we just trade notes on the show and it works. It's fun.
1: Cool. It's fun. Yeah. Cool. And um that, I I really enjoy that because um it lets people know that, you know, sometimes This is why I don't fight with people about what's their favorite or what they like. Everybody's palate is different. Right. I don't even mock people who like certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if that's your thing, I ain't gonna drink it. (laughs) But if that's what floats your boat, it makes you feel good and you have a good time. It makes you relax. I'm all for you enjoying it. So, you know... What you want to do is when you get the information, you don't want to become a snob about it. You no. know, you don't want to become pretentious about it. You want to be able to enjoy it, allow people to enjoy it as they see fit. If you want to drink X, Y, Z, you enjoy it. Um, I love scotch. Um, I like bourbons. They, they have very different. Yeah. Um, um, It's a very different experience for both of them. There's a right. lot of very caramelly smokiness and, and heat, you know, that comes with the bourbons and. You know, scotches have a different kind of sexiness, you know. It's a little yeah. lighter, you yeah. know. Um, but they both are beautiful and elegant in their own way. And I'm highly fascinated with just the whole science of taking, you know, a grain. Right. And then turning it into this very elegant elixir of some sort. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, you know, when you start to, you know, really research and, 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 and learn more about the industry and how things are made, you get very interested into the science of it all. It's yeah. kind of like a little rabbit hole that you go down. Starts off like, ooh, this is yummy. What's this? And then next thing you know, you're up there swirling, looking at it, and, <laughs> and know, noticing color. Seeing how it films on the yeah. glass. But, you know, that's all a part of the journey of um, enjoying spirits.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm a total whiskey sure. geek. Yeah. I am a whiskey geek. And again, when we do our tours, when we go to Louisville, like, there's no better way to really geek out and understand the science behind whiskey and like until you're in the distillery and you can see it mm-hmm. and you can see the mash bill cooking yeah and you can see it being distilled and the, the layers it goes through and then you can see it fermenting and mm-hmm. all of that stuff like that the whole process of how it goes from corn and barley and rye to yeah. this is pretty
1: amazing. It fascinates the yeah. hell out of me. Do y'all understand? It's so yeah. cool. And I've always loved science anyway. Um, and I and I remember I had, a, um, I had a, a, a teacher, a massage teacher, and he would actually brew his own um, like beers and stuff. And mm-hmm. he built like this microbrewery in a closet he made the most amazing creme brulee um, um, beers. And I would just sit there and I would talk to him for hours. i was like, how the hell did you do that? That's so cool. <laughs> um, so this is why you got to become a member and you got to, you know, come on these yeah. trips so you can see um, how all of this works. Right. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about what whiskey is. So sometimes a lot of people aren't even clear because whiskey is like an umbrella term yeah. for a whole bunch of stuff. There's... Whiskeys and underneath that umbrella, there's bourbons, there's scotches, there's Tennessee whiskeys, there's Irish whiskeys, there's Canadian whiskey, there's Japanese whiskey, there's yeah. Um, and so let's just start with what is whiskey?
0: Whiskey is essentially you know, it's a distilled spirit Mm -hmm. that has been aged in um, a barrel, it mostly has um, the base for. You know, and there are different topics, right? There right. are different subcategories, you can say. Absolutely. There's bourbon, there's scotch. And so let's take bourbon, for instance. Bourbon has distinct characteristics. Like it's got to have at least 51% corn in its mash bill. And um, it's got to be you know, distilled at a certain temperature mm-hmm. and then aged in a container. Doesn't have to be a barrel, mm-hmm. although it doesn't taste good in a container, it tastes better in a barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gotta be aged in a barrel for, um, the moment it touches the barrel, it's considered whiskey or a charred barrel, it's considered whiskey but or bourbon, but the best bourbons are two to four to six to eight to 10. For a scotch, it's the same thing. Instead of corn necessarily, not necessarily being the major um, ingredient in the mash bill, typically it's barley um, or rye. And um, that, again, it goes through the same distillation process and it's aged in barrels for a long period of time. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a cereal grain
1: that is mashed and cooked and
0: distilled and
1: barreled. Okay, mm-hmm. and and
0: and what is a mash bill for people that don't? know? So mash bill is like your your, your recipe, mm-hmm. right? So um, like if most bourbons have some sort of combination, or most whiskeys have a combination of corn, rye, and malted barley, mm-hmm. and um, it's just your cereal grains. Some throw in rice. There's some interesting experiments going on where they're putting like quinoa grains and winter weeds okay. Ma- makers mark uses has a winter okay. weed mash bill that they um use mm-hmm. and um it's just your cereal grains mm-hmm. that are all kind of mixed together pounded down mashed up mm-hmm. and then cooked and all that sweet flavor starts to come mm-hmm. up um and from a, that mash they then throw it in with some yeast and some fresh water and let the yeast come in and start mm-hmm. to ferment all that grain and that's what turns it into a beer or like a like a right. brew and then they distill it and then it turns nice and pretty and white and clear i mean they throw it in the barrel that's also been charred and that's where it comes up with this color is from the barrel itself.
1: delicious it's yeah. not, it sounds so much, and I've never been to uh, a, a distillery before. So I'm, I'm over here like I'm, I need to get it. Done. You gotta see it. I, I gotta go.
0: You gotta I, see it, and it's just like it's, it's the, the grain and seeing it pounded and seeing how. Much craftsmanship goes into whiskey and the sourcing of the, you know, the corn mm-hmm. and the sourcing of their mm-hmm. barley and the sourcing of all their rye, but then seeing how, you know, the machinery pumps it down and then how they cook it, but then also looking at those big fermentation tanks mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. see, you know, like a day one, I'm getting really geeky, y'all, so just bear with me, yeah, but, they you, know, roll with it. you know, like on a day one, like the yeast just starts attacking it and it's just bubbling and all this upcasting mm-hmm. is taking place, but, They let it sit there maybe three, sometimes five days, and it just starts to develop this crust. Meanwhile, that um, yeast is down in the bottom of that vat, just pulling out more notes and making more flavor compounds, essentially, Mm. um, before they distill it. And the distill, either the pot still or the Vendome stills, those, you know, also play into it. It's a Mm. whole experience. It's like... Willy Wonka Absolutely. and the Chocolate Factory for adults. Yeah. It it's yes. amazing. Yes, Yeah.
1: yes. And so, you know, when you start to get all this information, people like to get real excited and just start buying bottles. And we you need to kind of relax <laughs> a little bit and only really buy bottles that you've tasted. So, you know, really a lot of times we're recommending to Go to your local bar, see if there's oh, some yeah. local whiskey tastings going on in your town. Come to a, a BBS event right. um, and taste it and then figure out what you really like. Then you can go buy it. You well, know? yeah, and that's true. Like, you know,
0: all whiskey is pretty much made under the same process that mm-hmm. I just described to you. However, they don't all taste the same. They do not. And it depends. There's five sources of flavor. So it really breaks down to, again, where are you getting that grain? What mm-hmm. is that mash bill? If mm-hmm. your mash bill is off, it might be a little too oily from too much corn, or it might be too spicy from too much rye. Like it's really finding the perfect balance of what you want your mash bill to be mm-hmm. before you start doing your fermenting and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then the water plays a really big role in it and how mm-hmm. fresh, how clear your water is. Mm-hmm. Of course, bourbon has, you know, a, a Kentucky bourbon, I should yeah. say has a reputation because of the limestone water that's right. there in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, that limestone water also, also runs through Tennessee, which mm-hmm. is why Tennessee has such great whiskey as well that they have, they're have they on that limestone shelf as right. well. Um, so they've got that great source of flavor coming from good water. But then the barrel and the wood mm-hmm. that you use for your barrel right. and the charring level that you put on that barrel, all of those um, those charred compounds And the wood starts to soak into that whiskey. So it's all about how it's interacting with that. And then lastly, and which is my favorite part of the whole sourcing of flavor, is the weather.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so if it's in the aging compound, an aging component that goes along with it. And having those barrels sit out there in a rickhouse for 10 years Mm -hmm. at the top of the rickhouse where it gets super hot and humid and then drops down and gets super cold for 10 seasonal cycles um, that creates this compare can contrast and expand you know with wood and liquid it it just creates this interaction in the, mm-hmm. in the whiskey that gives it so much flavor over time hmm. so yes there's a bunch of two-year-old bourbons on the market that taste like two-year-old bourbon mm. and then there's 10-year-old bourbons mm-hmm. on the market that taste Amazing, yeah. Because yeah. again, they've soaked up that sun. They've had this major interaction with the wood, and mm-hmm. it just pulls out more notes. The longer it sits, the better the mm-hmm.
1: flavor for me. Yeah, it, and it sounds like the 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 actual spirit itself is having um, an environmental experience. Oh yeah, and so you're tasting that in 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 the in the whiskey.
0: Yeah, it's all science. Yeah. It is like it's it's and it is. It's really just it's magic.
1: It, it's. It is. It is. It you know, is. like
0: I mean, they call it. It's, it's alchemy. It's a part of that.
1: I. I. Yeah. You know, because it's. A, it's. a true skill. Mm-hmm. It's a skill that people take years to develop how to actually make it. You know, the the title master distiller, even though sometimes it, it can be tossed around a little bit loosely, mm-hmm. but at its core, it's literally that. It's somebody who has trained for a very, very, very mm-hmm. long time um, to be able to create masterpiece you know type drinking experiences for people and and a lot of these um and there's a lot of new ones that come in on the market but you know a lot of the the whiskeys are are old you know yeah. they're hundreds of years old these mash bills and these recipes are very old yeah tightly secure yes you know what i mean even their yeast
0: like yeah. even their proprietary yeast for like makers sweet. they've had the same proprietary yeast since like the 1800s hmm, hmm. Yes, And then they keep, you know, growing it and growing it. But yes, that yeast, the, the yeast strain plays
1: a major role. Listen, this is why you got to get on to the bourbon train. <laughs> I want you to be great. You know, if it ain't for you, it ain't for you. Yeah. But at least give it a shot if if you, you know, because a lot of times, um, you know, back in the day, you'd always hear, you know, ladies don't drink brown or whatever. And I'm just like, they don't. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, Says who. <laughs> I mean, but
0: you know, that's, you know, so that's interesting because I think that's what was so empowering for me to get into this industry. Mm-hmm. It was, I like being unassuming mm-hmm. and I like, you know, breaking the barrier. I like breaking the expectation of what you think I am, who Absolutely. and what you think I am. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I would, you know, go to a bar and order something neat, and the guy next to me would be like,
1: who are you? What you know about this? What you know about this? Right.
0: I love getting that reaction. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, what? You think I can't know more about what's Like, I know everything about this Right. Right. And I and I love that. You know? Mm. I love being... And it's
1: fun. Yeah. It's fun just to, you know, show yourself. Because it's not... It, because it's legit. Because it's like, I'm not doing this just because I want to be mouthing off or whatever. I really love with yeah. you. You don't know that I love it. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah. But, um, so when you are, let's say you have a a new selection, Mm -hmm. um, talk about your process with how you, um, experience it.
0: When I pick a a whiskey? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think the best way for us to do that is for me to walk you through. Let's do that. Okay. So I'm going to do that with, uh, the maker's mark that we got. Mm Mm-hmm. So about two years ago, we did a, um barrel pick with makers mark mm-hmm. um and we went up to the distillery um makers marks private barrel select private select barrel program is unique to all others because it's traditional makers mark Cash strength makers mark that's been aged for four to six years mm-hmm. but they then do a finishing on the back end of um the whiskey production side mm-hmm. they stick um, staves. So those wooden staves. Again, yeah. we kind of talked about yeah. how the wood being charred or being infrared and just being treated with some sort of heat, they produce a flavor. Mm. And so we got a chance to pick our own stave combination and drop it back in that barrel of Maker's Mark cash strength. Let it sit for another nine weeks in the limestone cave. Um, and it's a cool. It's a sixty-degree cave because they want to stop the aging process. Again, they just kind of want it to sit and rest, and interact more with the wood that we inserted in it. Mm-hmm. And so then we came up with our own um, label mm-hmm. for Black Women Society. Uh, we then submitted it to the San Francisco World Spirits Competition where it got double gold and um, mm-hmm. was basically, you know, amongst other whiskeys that came up for, runner up for best whiskey in the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, huge honor. Never been done for Maker's Mark. And um, we have since kind of mass, we've worked with Maker's March to mass-produce this bottle. So that was the first, this is the original bottle that was sent to San Francisco mm-hmm. World Spirits Competition. And we have had several iterations of these barrels. Mm-hmm. But um, you get to taste the yes, the judged bottle.
1: The judged bottle. <laughs> the double gold sexy bottle. Yes. It's okay. A, all right, so.
0: So give me a glass. Okay, I'll bring this here. I'm just going to give you, it's a little early in the day. Just early splash. in the day. Yeah.
1: Right? All right. And so, gonna we'll put this back up here. So you got, you got, you got your brand new, you've tasted this before. Yeah, I have tasted this before because I have a bottle. I'm not sure if it's the same as that you sent, but. I think you got version this? two. Version two? Okay. Yes. So I have version two, but I haven't, so I haven't, I have not had this one. So,
0: yes. Okay, so, Ooh, let's go through it. Well okay. first we've got a cheers. Cheers. For sure. All right. So now knows it. Knows it. What do you think? Always open your mouth just a little bit because you want the air to circulate from your nose through your mouth. If you keep your mouth closed, you're gonna burn all the nose hairs in your nose.
1: I don't want to do that.
0: No. I actually, and I talk about this on the podcast a lot, like, I have a ton of notes here, so I've actually had to get them, like, removed (laughs) so that I can nose my whiskey better.
1: It's nice. It's a little caramel, caramel fresh apples. Mm Right, right. Delicious red apples Mm -hmm. in there. Very, very great.
0: Mm -hmm. A A little bit of, maybe like a hint of
1: chocolate or a on the berry. There's something
0: that's really savory that's kind of weighing it down. Mm-hmm. So let's just go in for a taste. The first, yeah,
1: maple
0: Yeah, maple. Maybe that's what it is. It's something mm-hmm. that's heavy.
1: Yeah. it's yeah. sweet. Yeah. I like
0: it. So sometimes even when I'm nosing my whiskey, and I did this yesterday for a whiskey we're reviewing for this week's show on the podcast, um, for me, I get visions a lot, mm-hmm. and so sometimes I'll know something, and it's not like, Oh, that smells like mint or something Correct. like that. And sometimes it's just that's bright green, mm.
1: okay. And like that's
0: just what pops up in my head as I'm nosing, it's like this a light.
1: synesthetic experience, almost, yeah, almost, you know, yeah, okay, kind of,
0: yeah, that's that probably leans more towards the other aspect of my spiritual sure, but more clear But it's like, Oh, that's that's green, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, let's taste it. Right. First taste is going to kind of be a wash because it's 110 proof your yeah. tongue has been drinking water. Yeah. So it's like has no base. So let's just kind of get our tongue prepped for okay. a real taste. So okay. let's just, just kind of prep your palate. Okay. For those at home, this is whiskey, Matakiva. Do not shoot whiskey.
1: <laughs> We're not gonna do that.
0: We too grown, but
1: we too grown.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So now let's go back in. Now that we've kind of just like neutralized everything. A little bit yeah. And, okay. Now your the glands are like salivating a little bit. Yeah. Now we can go in. Mm-hmm.
1: I love. Really delightful. It is. Oh.
0: It's a little too heavy on the back. Blow that those alcohol vapors out.
1: That's really nice.
0: This is a thick consistency, so we talk about the mouthfeel as well. This is something that you could chew on a little bit, mm-hmm. so you get an experience from the nose, the taste buds on your tongue, also the feel coating your mm-hmm. your palate, and then on the finish. Nice little warm Kentucky hug in the back. Kentucky hug.
1: Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that term before. That's what. New term. New term. Check that out. New term
0: alert. A new term for me.
1: <laughs> Somebody out there probably is like, oh, you ain't know about a Kentucky hug. Yes. I do
0: not, but I do know. Well, but that's what that is. It's just a little. Yeah. It's a okay. little love, love, love hug. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of things going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a good. Um, has a really nice sweetness to it it's not overbearing Mm -hmm. not at all it's a little bit dry on the finish yep it kind of um the the those caramel and maple kind of come through there's a little citrus too in there too it's kind of bright yep very very
0: love your descriptions.
1: it's 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 good and and it's something that you kind of want to savor like you don't want to just toss it back you want to relax into this a little yeah you know
0: this is heavy caramel. I yeah. get caramel on the beginning. Absolutely. And then it does switch over to like that bright candy mm-hmm. apple mm-hmm. with a little bit of citrus. And then mm-hmm. it goes straight back into that molasses caramel. Mm-hmm. It's like a caramel apple bomb for me. Like, you know, those suckers that you get that mm-hmm. have the caramel and the green in the middle. Like, that's what this reminds me mm-hmm. of. It's just super like jammy and it's got great texture. I haven't, re- I haven't been visited this bottle in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's good to always do that, but
1: yeah. It's yummy. It it, it, it really is. It's kind of elegant. Like, it's very... Yeah. It's like you want to take your time with it. You want to treat it like a lady, you know?
0: <laughs> Which is funny because, again, you know, when Armand and I picked this bottle, um, he is someone who really likes those the the smooth, creamy textures, mm-hmm. the sweet, floral... Um, fruity notes, and I'm more of that bourbon girl yeah. that likes to have that you know, punch you in the throat, kind of punch you in the face. Traditional, like it is, it is the perfect marriage of my palate and what he loves about whiskey as well. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got to double gold, yes. So, yeah, this so we lovely. need like a spit bucket because I want you to try some of the other whiskeys here, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't have to. <laughs> Finish this
1: down. She, she's trying to have me real lushy uh in, in midday in Atlanta.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: this is actually this is a really delightful sip. So um, um you will get what is this, the third? Gotta
0: cup off camera. Uh,
1: is this the third iteration?
0: So um this coming has, up
1: ne- next weekend.
0: So I've kind of lost count because we've had so many different ones. Okay. Um in total we have mass produced this exact same save combination into about 15 different barrels okay 17 because this one we produced on our own uh, meaning we paid for it yeah. and then the second one we paid for it as well but then maker's mark took it over and has taken over production of um getting multiple barrels out across the country mm-hmm. so we've got maybe three or four that hit the chicago mar- market two that i think hit Houston, there were some that, like, it kind of gets lost as to how many markets picked up mm-hmm. their amount of barrels. Okay. So, and I think, I know we've got two to three barrels that are coming here to Atlanta. Okay. One has already hit. We've got two that are still ripening through that, that nine-week process. Okay. And they'll be bottled okay. and will continue to be slow-released into the market out
1: here. hmm Yeah. This is delightful.
0: It is. I but I can't wait for you. So yes. I love this because it's got my name on it. Yeah. But I have other favorites. Yes. And yes. I really want us to kinda of taste and get a chance to see some other whiskeys. Let's do it. Because they're all I'm excited. They're all created the same, yes. but they're all uniquely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So let's rock.
0: Okay. I was dumb. All right. Dump.
1: Oh boy.
0: Do you like one more sip?
1: Put some out for the answer. Oh, <laughs> I
0: sip mine for the answer. A, I put yours
1: out. I, I gave you a job. Thank you. You know, I, you
0: know. I, I Wait, you the church finger. Got the church you. finger. You know.
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm a, I'm a Ifa Arisha a practitioner and initiate. So, oh, you love know, We're all, a, we're all about uh, spirits, and we always make sure that we do that, and it's always customary to tap. The jar when we open it up. So yes. So I'm gonna have to start incorporating those into my do a little bit here just to kinda get my glass cleaned out a little bit.
0: And also rinse your palette out too. For sure.
1: For sure, for sure, for sure.
0: I think the next thing that we should try Mm -hmm. is Uncle Nearest.
1: Let's do it. Yes. And
0: you've talked about Uncle Nearest on your show. I have. So you want me to do you
1: want me to tell the story you tell the story i I want you to tell the story because you know (laughs) you you're a guest on my show so i want you to to talk as much as you like about this is a very fascinating story and uh my family is uh part of my family is actually from uh tennessee really yeah we're from um uh right outside of nashville in a very small town called um um something. Oh, yeah, my brain just went blank. Right now. <laughs> Gallatin, I'm sorry. Gallatin, Tennessee. So I'm always fascinated by Tennessee whiskey. I'm, and I'm always thinking about mind, I wonder what my ancestors, did they do anything they have anything to do with that? Or, you know, because there was a lot of distilleries around the plantation areas mm-hmm. where they stayed. So, you know, it's very possible that, you know, my people could have been harvesting the grain for it or, you know, processing because, you know, they have black people all up in the distilleries. That's how uncle nearest even became a thing. Yes. So right. we can go into talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, I think and so I think what you're saying is right up in line with um, a piece that I wrote last year. Mm-hmm. And we are continuing to kind of have these discussions about where is black history and bourbon history.
1: Mm.
0: And we know it's there. Yeah. Like you said, it's the 17, 1800s in Kentucky and Tennessee we know that slavery was in full effect in those areas. Mm-hmm. We also know that um, the people who, who were running these distilleries, while they were work, they were hardworking. And yes. I, I'm not going to say that yeah. uh, whiskey distillers back in those days had lived a life of privilege i um, just knowing their history and knowing mm-hmm. they also were out there working and they were hardworking individuals. Yeah. So this is not, you know, this is not a plantation story per se. Right. But um, they did have assistance from mm, other hands. Um, that were out there. Mm -hmm. This one in particular for Uncle Maris goes back to the story of Jack Daniels, Mm -hmm. who was a young boy who did want to learn how to get into the whiskey business. You know, Jack Daniels has his own amazing story about how he, you're talking about somebody who pulled themselves up from
1: their bootstraps. He was an orphan too, right? He was an
0: orphan. He, um, yeah, he was only 14 or 15 years old when he showed up at Dan Collins Farm Mm -hmm. and said, hey, I know you were back there making whiskey and i want you to teach me what you're doing yeah and that's when dan call who was also a preacher in tennessee said i'll give you my best slave at the time to help teach you the industry so uncle nearest or nearest green was a slave of dan call Mm -hmm. off the dan call farm and dan call was lo and behold he was a preacher he made whiskey nearest and his crew were back there making all this whiskey for him mm-hmm. and um was rented to mm. jack daniels so that's an interesting story and i love that bond the um the owner and creator of uncle Neris whiskey always says jack never owned Neris; he was a rented slave which is like not only like are you property, but then you're rented out to somebody else. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Right? But he was a rented slave that worked with Jack Daniels and taught him the whiskey making business. Mm-hmm. When Nearis was emancipated under Dan Call, right. he then continued to work with Jack Daniels, and they continued to make whiskey together. Well, until he was 60 years old. Nearis's sons actually worked with. Jack as well to make whiskey, they had turned it into a completely different new brand mm. and it was booming. Um, and so the story is, it's an, uh, I'm glad that Fawn has um, uncovered this story
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it's, it's, um, it's a very important story. It's a story of friendship. It's mm. a story of determination. It's a story of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a story of respect, actually, because, again, Jack Daniels wasn't out there whipping slaves. He wasn't beating Neera's Screen. He respected his trade, and he worked together with him to learn the whiskey business. Mm-hmm. And again, his sons, they, they still have descendants who work at the Jack Daniels plant to this day, mm-hmm. um, just because of the relationship that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and But that is a beautiful story that finds black history within whiskey history. Mm. The other brands have similar stories, they just haven't revealed them yet. Mm-hmm. And I hope through some gentle nudging through the consulting work that we do, um, through the research and history that not only we're doing, but not, not, not only that Vaughn is doing, but like Kentucky State University has launched an entire research project to find stories like Mary Greens in the whiskey industry. I hope that there's a way for us to, you keep saying the word elegant, to elegantly tell these stories mm-hmm. of how African-Americans and Africans Back in those days Mm -hmm. played a major role in the whiskey industry Mm. absolutely and I mean as you know black bourbon society that was one of the things that we ran across is that many of the brands were they didn't know how to approach African-American consumers because they didn't want to get it wrong so they didn't do it at all yeah and I feel like that same hesitation is there with telling their story Mm -hmm. they don't want to offend they don't want to seem like they had a racist background they don't want to seem like they participated and so they just don't want to tell it. Yeah. But, you know, us as African Americans, we have to realize history is history. There is nothing we can do about slavery it happened. Right. But we can't get mad and offended when the story comes to light. We have to embrace the story and we have to find the beauty in whatever story is out there. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. so with that being said let's yeah. have a pour of Uncle Nearest. Shout out Uncle Nearest this is their 1820 which is a limited release okay. this is eleven aged 11 years it comes in at 110 proof and um, very rarely do they release these um, single barrel releases just because they're hard to come by mm-hmm. um, and they they sell out immediately mm-hmm. they sell out just as fast as our stuff's done wow. if not even faster Um, So I want to get you a chance to taste this because you've never had had this this single barrel. So this is definitely, this is a Tennessee whiskey. The difference between Tennessee whiskey and a bourbon is a process that has been accredited to Nearest Green and to um, the African um, influence on the whiskey making business. Mm -hmm. And that's the Lincoln County process. And um, there is research that's coming up saying that the Lincoln County process is basically a charcoal maple filtering that the whiskey goes through um, after just dis- it's distilled and put into the barrel mm-hmm. before it's like that in-between step. you do that. Um, and so um, that process dates back to West Africa
1: mm-hmm.
0: where um, in order to purify, where African countries were purifying their water through charcoal. So if we had African slaves um, here in the States that were working under their owners who were making this god-awful whiskey because no whiskey tasted amazing in 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they got a hold of that whiskey and they said, you know what? This needs to be filtered and smoothened out. Let's run it through some charcoal and see if that takes some of that bite out. Mm-hmm. And so that process, we, we've, we're starting to link it now. It hasn't been officially documented yet Mm -hmm. but the traces just don't make sense how this process lands in America in the middle of the 1800s out of the blue yes
1: and I'm a huge fan of traditional West African spirits palm wines and things like that Mm -hmm. huge fan of the ones with the grandmas in the back
0: you know what I'm saying
1: (laughs) it's always some grandmamas in the back that's making something and um so I'm 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 very intrigued to see how all of that will come together full circle yeah. in the in the research.
0: It's coming. You know, you mm-hmm. and I talked off camera before the show about like there's this whole there's there's going to be some sort of shift mm-hmm. in our collective consciousness mm-hmm. where all the things that have to be that have not been revealed will all be revealed. There, there's something that will happen. Truth, love, and light. We're going to be shifted forward i think it's coming very soon um including these stories all these stories are going to start to bubble up and resurface okay yeah. you ready to nose this we're gonna nose this okay let's dive in
1: oh Ooh. yeah baby
0: completely different Yes. Yeah. nosing profile on yeah. this one super oaky for me yeah
1: he's even like a, a butterscotch kinda. butterscotch
0: I can't figure out if that's pine or cedar, but it's been in the barrel eleven mm-hmm, years, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you can imagine that whiskey going back and forth with that wood. It's starting to really yeah. soak up those that woodsy notes.
1: Yeah, there's a nice mix of like that sweet butterscotchy, but there's also this uh, earthy, it's yeah, real earthy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, but there's something that's sweet that is coming mm-hmm, through there, mm-hmm. almost like a malt ball, like a little malty. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're
1: like, I want to drink, drink, drink. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but also the, the 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 nose is very. It's like I'm smelling something new every time. Yeah, so kind of just right.
0: And so this is why you know we spend Armand and I take our notes different um, differently mm-hmm. for the show. But mm-hmm. Armand will sit nose whiskey for 15 minutes. I'm impatient. Like if it <laughs> smells good, I want to drink it. Like I want to taste it right away. So yeah. I go back and forth between nosing and tasting. Yeah. And I kind of do those in, like, my notes for those, like, in tandem. Mm. But let's taste it. Maybe it'll bring out something that you'll look for in the notes as well. Completely different.
1: Very much different. There's some red
0: berry in here, too. Absolutely. I picked it. As I was starting to taste, I picked up red fruit.
1: Even, like, like dried fruits a
0: little
1: bit. Mm -hmm. Like dates or raisins, even. Yep. That's exactly what I got yeah yeah so it's like this butterscotch and like a little more caramel is coming through yeah yeah this is really delightful
0: yeah what about the finish there's no hug on this one i'm not getting a hug at all it stops no at the top of the throat it's all in the mouth there's yep. nothing that hits the esophagus or the chest
1: it's like a big burst of flavor and it just pulls right back yep there's nothing really lingering and it actually is very it's actually very nice yeah you know all righty. I'm first. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the 1820 before. I had the I think 1884.
0: Yeah, 1884 is um, their small batch, and then 1856 mm-hmm. is what you know they originally right. came out on the market with. Right. Yeah. This is delightful. Mm-hmm. I'll have to keep that 1820
1: in mind.
0: Yeah. They're hard to come by. They, you mm-hmm. know, they do releases online mm-hmm. every once in a while, or maybe a store pick will pop up. But they, as soon as they hit the airwaves, they, they're all sold. The last time Uncle um, Uncle Nearest did a eighteen twenty release, of course, all of our members got on and crashed right. the site. Oh yeah. gosh! Right, <laughs> it was pandemonium.
1: Yeah, this is really delicious. Like you can pour this on a pancake or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost want to chew it because I want to yeah. savor it Yep, a little bit more. That
0: was delightful. Yeah. And, and, and
1: very different.
0: Yeah, totally. Both
1: very delicious. and
0: Both 110 proof though. Mm.
1: Okay. You know? That's interesting because the finish is different right. as far as the the, the Kentucky Herd. Yeah.
0: Saying. Well, I mean, that all goes back to the other sources of flavor, right? Uh-huh. And again, our maker's mark is aged probably four to six. A couple nearest is an 11-year-old bottle their mash bills are completely different mm-hmm. maker's mark is a winter wheat base mm. i believe uncle nears is they haven't released their mash bill but i mm-hmm. believe it's more of the traditional bourbon style which has at least 51 percent corn in it mm-hmm. but yes it's it's not a rye. it's more corn heavy so you get you're pulling different flavors from different grain sources okay okay yeah.
1: So this is why it's really cool to learn the science, so you can understand why yeah. um, certain whiskeys will taste differently, differently or even the same. Um, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Right. I almost want to finish it, but I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Sorry, I, Uncle Nearest. We'll
0: take one more sip and I'll take one more give sip.
1: Give it to the answer. We're gonna give some to the ancestors because y'all gonna like this.
0: I'm gonna do that,
1: Uncle Nearest hey! This one, Uncle Nearest. You gonna post about
0: Uncle Nearest, right? Yeah, that's delicious. I haven't revisited any of. I, it's been a while since I've gone through any of these bottles. Nice. Okay, let's move on. Because psych-
1: I could, yeah, I could be here all day, get lushy with Miss Samara all day. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Had some okay. great selections today.
0: All right. Um, I think, are we running out of time? Should we keep going? One more and, and then we can. Well, I'll let you choose because I know mm-hmm. that your jam right now is actually not a bourbon. It's not. It's a whiskey. It's a whiskey. But it is a very fun whiskey. That is the Angels and Be Rye.
1: Yes. It's so sexy, y'all. I and really it's, appreciate it's in it. a
0: rum cask finish.
1: hmm. And I'm a huge so, rum fan, too.
0: So you can choose. Your last pick can either be your favorite or my favorite. Let's go with your favorite, Which because is I this. have not
1: had the Elijah Craig small batch before. Okay. So I'm cool with it. And it's barrel-proof. This is barrel-proof. And what is barrel-proof for the listeners? Barrel-proof
0: means they took it straight out of the barrel. They didn't water it down. They didn't lower the proof. Um, most of the time, yep, yeah, they didn't even cut it. Sometimes they'll cut it mm-hmm. with like they'll run it through a chill filtration, which will kind of mellow out some of that, um, some of the sediment from the barrel itself. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of that. They
1: literally poured it out of the barrel and put mm-hmm. it in the bottle. Let's roll with that one. You want to do this one? Yes. Okay. We can do this one on camera, and I may take a little bit off camera <laughs> when we wrap it
0: up. Okay. So Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Um, i don't know the age off of this one i'm gonna guess it's 10 years the proof on this one straight out of the barrel is 133.4
1: <laughs> i
0: live in the uncut space
1: oh my lord
0: what's that like the the stranger things like yeah in, in the um what's the like ether ethereal world that they yeah. go to yeah the, what's it called i forgot the
1: um i don't know i know what you're talking about yes. but i forgot what it was called
0: Whatever that, the open space, the, the underworld, ultimate the ultimate, yeah. that's where I live. Uh huh. Uh huh. So that's where this is, this one. This tasting should be really fun, right? So that one's this one. So it's 133 proof, Elijah Craig,
1: okay.
0: uh, made by Heaven Hill Distillery. We're going there over the summer, you guys. So if you want to come on this tour with me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Mm hmm. Okay.
0: This is the tour you this need to go. This is the tour. This is the yeah, tour.
1: I've been in talks with them and they are
0: already rolling out red carpets for us. I'm here for that. Um. So yeah, let's dive in. Last okay. tasting of the day. Last Cheers. Last tasting
1: of the day. Cheers for sure.
0: Any last questions before we dive into this I massive know. tasting?
1: No. Okay. No, let's just... Let's just jump in and see how this goes. It looks really beautiful. It's yeah, really beautiful. you can tell
0: like if you're if you're looking at the color, right? hmm The colors are all different on this mm-hmm. one.
1: Mm-hmm. On these three. This is kind of the deepest, richest, yeah, sexiest color here. Yeah.
0: Whew. Open your nose wide on this
1: one. Open your mouth yeah. wide, not your nose. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very nice, like There's a kind of that sweet caramel butterscotchy kind of
0: yep. and it's got some wood, too. but okay, it's not yeah. overpowering. Not at all. I felt like the nearest um had a little bit more oakiness mm-hmm. to it, but you can get a hint of the wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> oh, this is kind of sexy. This one makes your toe
0: tap. <laughs> yeah. You know, when iguanas start falling out of the trees, this is the whiskey you want to drink.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. They were freaking out in Miami about that.
0: Well, yes. Yeah, like, And that was a debate on our last podcast. It was about the frozen iguanas. We had a full-on debate. But when, when it's that cold, this is what this you is need. This is what you need. When you have a cold,
1: when it's cold outside,
0: oh yeah, yes. yes.
1: <laughs> this is um, this is good. I'll t- I'll get I'll be more specific in a second. I'm kind of enjoying it right now.
0: This is really jammy. It's um, thick molasses. Ooh. There are more. There are raisin notes on this one as well. Absolutely. Um, it's got a good balance of vanilla, though.
1: Yeah, that was the first thing that hit my nose was the vanilla. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge, I'm a vanilla fanatic. I cannot smell vanilla. Really? I can I, s- that w- It was like butterscotch, vanilla, caramel, and the, o- the little oakiness on the end.
0: I know vanilla's there when I can't smell anything.
1: Mm. And I'm
0: like, oh, vanilla's probably in here, and that's why I'm I completely blind to it. Mm-hmm. I can pick it up with other notes that go with vanilla Mm -hmm. so like uh creme brulee Mm -hmm. like -hmm. that burnt sugar that goes on top of the custard i know like okay this is creme brulee there's definitely vanilla in here or i can pick Mm -hmm. up um like vanilla wafers or malt balls and so i'm like i can pick up other things that i know have vanilla in it and that's what gives me my Mm. cue that it's in there so
1: they if, if you're listening nice, at home hug. and you don't
0: pick up anything you could be blind mm. to certain tastes you could have blind spots on
1: your palate right yeah and you get a nice long warm long hug. finish. it's all in here like it's like it's like sitting right right yeah and it's just moving and it's and it's not even aggressive about it it's very yeah. it's, it's very i hate to reuse the word but it's it's, it's like an elegant heat it's, yeah it's not the heat that's offensive this is no. kind of like you it know, just
0: lets you know it's there
1: absolutely it's like sitting by the fire yeah yeah this is nice. yeah
0: warm inside mm-hmm. frozen iguanas mm-hmm. outside that is what this is this is like i want to be snuggled up with this in my hand yes while the rest of the world freezes
1: i'm here for this me and me and the boo <laughs> me and the boo elijah craig yeah
0: He was also a preacher by the way.
1: Listen, I love these drinking preachers. These drinking preachers, man. (laughs) (laughs) They be in the world. I
0: don't know when y'all got all
1: conservative and buttoned up, but drinking preachers work for me. You give me a whiskey drinking preacher any day. (laughs) You can put them in the communion cups. Is that offensive? Sorry, Christians. I'm not trying to offend, but it's just, it's really, it's really delicious. Mm -hmm. Jesus drank? He did. He turned water? Into whiskey. Yes, he did. Look at, listen. Don't listen to me. Listen, no, listen. (laughs) I'm a heathen. We are not heathens. Mm -mm. We are enlightened. Enlightened beings. This is a beautiful, nice warm whiskey. She asked me yesterday at, uh, at your at your vision brunch, which was uh-huh. wonderful, by the way. Thank you for opening the space and the invitation. Really a beautiful, affirming event. But we were talking a little bit about whiskey at the end, and she asked me if I had ever had um, the, this is small batch? This is a barrel proof. Barrel proof, okay, Elijah Craig barrel proof. And I said, no, I haven't. So I knew it was coming out. I was really excited to taste it. And, you know, I kind of, because I I do like Elijah Craig just in general. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited to taste it because I was like, "Ah, I didn't know it was going to be good. And it really has met the expectation and even a little bit more. Every time I'm sipping it, I'm tasting a little bit more. And I'm getting a little warm, too. It is.
0: You're getting hot. Absolutely. It's It's like, I want to unzip. Yes,
1: yes. So I really uh, appreciate this. I may have to add this one definitely to the to the list and if I'm able to track this down, who knows? If I track it down, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, definitely we'll have to add these. And this is how I, I prefer to, to do my whiskeys. I taste it and if I have a really good experience with it, then I'll go ahead and get it. But what'll happen is a lot of times people just get so excited they just want to get oh, yeah. this, ooh, this bottle. Don't get the pretty, don't get, don't get the pretty bottle swindled, okay? If the bottle is pretty, that don't mean nothing. No. I've seen a lot. I've tasted a lot of nasty whiskey, in a pretty bottle, and a gorgeous mm-hmm. bottle. Like you almost want to save the bottle and pour some other good stuff in it, kind of deal. But you don't. Want what was a want what was originally in it? You right. know. Um,
0: well, I think this is when knowing the science behind whiskey matters. When absolutely. you can look at your bottle and you can look at the age statement, you can look at the mash bill, mm-hmm. and you can look at the proof. When you know where it's sourced from, right? Um, then you can make an educated, a conscious decision on. Okay, I want to make my bet on this
1: one, right? Right. But
0: um, that's what happens in Black Reverend Society every day. Someone yes. sees a label that is gorgeous, yeah, and the price looks decent, right? Um, and they post it in the group and they say, like, should I get this? Should I try it? Yeah. And then people will be like, yes, yeah. Or they'll be like,
1: absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Don't do it. You know. So, where can everybody find Black Bourbon Society in the interwebs? We there's a Facebook group.
0: Yes, we're on Facebook. We have a private group. Um, please, you know, please submit to be a part of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and Black Bourbon Society is growing. We um, accept over five hundred members a week mm-hmm. like it is growing like wildflower uh, yes wow um so definitely join our facebook group because that's where the daily conversation happens um you can find out information about our mission statement our mm-hmm. membership shirts yeah. upcoming events they are all on our website black bourbon mm-hmm. and then instagram yeah. at black bourbon society is mm-hmm. where you can find our social i'm old i realized like, I'm turning 40 this year. Yeah. And I still don't know how Instagram works. I
1: want you to be great and get on Instagram.
0: Well, I, I hired somebody it. to do that. That's been so. it, even better. <laughs> no so problem. we have a social media presence. I just may yes. not know what it is. That's But cool. we're on Instagram at yeah. Black Society. And the thing I love about our Instagram page is that we often repost. Um, images and captions from our community in Mm -hmm. Black Bourbon Society on Facebook. Awesome. So um, you do get a chance to
1: see what the members are drinking and what's in their collection. Awesome. So y'all make sure, get on Facebook, get in the Black Bourbon Society group, go to blackbourbonsociety.com become a member if you so desire, keep track of everything, all of the events, make sure you go to tttalks.com I'm on all streaming platforms um, so that you can follow what's going on in my world. I always got cool stuff going on. Pay attention to what I have on my show. I tell you all the time, uh, Bonded and Bourbon Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to that. Sure, it's probably yeah. on all or most of the It's on,
0: um, yes, on all, b- b- bondedandbourbon.com, at Bonded and Bourbon Podcast on Instagram. Okay. We're on IG, I'm on Facebook as well, and awesome. Twitter, at Bonded and Bourbon. Yes. Um, one thing that I want to, just drop like a little nugget, like a little ice cube, and say is that this year we have launched our own nonprofit called Diversity Distilled.
1: Love it! I, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Yes, this is awesome. I didn't
0: get a chance to tell you yesterday, cool. but we have launched a nonprofit organization called Diversity Distilled, mm-hmm. and it's more B two B, so it won't be on the consumer side like Black like Bourbon Society okay. is, but it's really working with the brands to solve some of their diversity and inclusion issues Mm -hmm. from all levels so we're looking at the brands at the leadership and executive level HR and legal advertising and marketing and also from sales and distribution and really trying to work with the brands and encourage them to include diverse talent women people, persons of color, LGBTQI, Mm -hmm. into the corporate structure of these brands. Absolutely. And that's where we will make the change that Black Bourbon Society wish they could see.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I can't wait to hear more about that. More coming. More coming. Make sure you log on to all of these sites so you can keep track of everything because I'm telling you, she and I move at the speed of light, baby. So y'all need to just catch up, mustard, you know, or you're going to be left behind. Samara, thank you so much for being a guest. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. My sister sister girlfriend. Cheers to you. Cheers. Y'all make sure you stay tuned. We got so much beautiful things coming with Her Society, with TT Talks. There's a lot of beautiful things coming, so you got to make sure you stay tuned. All right? Peace. Thank you so much for vibing with me on TT Talks. And thank you again, Samara, for coming on the show to sip and talk about whiskey. I had a ball. Keep doing what you're doing, and I can't wait to witness what's in store for you and for the Black Bourbon Society. And if you enjoyed this show, make sure you share it and hashtag TT Talks. We shot an amazing video of this conversation that will be available in the next few days. Make sure you subscribe to TT Talks on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you can be the first one to catch it. Shout out to Tommy Nova of Tommy Nova Films on the visuals. Y'all are going to love it. Make sure y'all keep being great. And remember, you didn't come here to do the least. Peace.